Hello darlings, Bunny Galore here, the queen of the cult movies, and welcome! You are checking in to the Horror Motel. Oh, this week it's quite spooky at the hotel, I have to say. It's midnight, there's a fog bank rolling in, I'll explain why later, because I want to introduce my glorious goddess of a co-host. It's the one and only Alison June Smith. Oh my God, you just called me a goddess and that made me feel like a million dollars. I'm going to insist my boyfriend calls me goddess from now on. Uh, thank you so much. How sweet are you, my fellow goddess? Uh, oh, it is you. delightful to be back in the hotel with you this week. How has your week been, my love? Good, actually, yes. It's a bit. So I've. I think we talked about this on the last episode because we were recording quite close to uh, broadcast, if that's the right word for a podcast. I don't know <laughs> if it is, um, which is quite nice. And uh, and the same with the other show I do, uh, uh, Bunny and the Beast. We're kind of just the way things have worked. I think everyone's lives have got a bit busy in the last few weeks. I don't know whether it's just the industry or it's just because the sun's out. <laughs> Everybody's mm, yeah. You know, life, life's going in the way, but, but it's quite nice because it means we can actually talk about what's been happening. Um, so this week I've been uh, back in drag for the first time for a long time. I did a pride photo shoot, which is going to be hilarious. Um, and I've not done a pride thing for, and I've got another pride event coming up uh, in a few weeks time, I think. And it's weird because it's it, pride events are a little bit different than others because you do feel a bit like a rodeo clown. <laughs> you, you're probably at your most colourful, I think. Whatever you end up wearing, you feel like a piñata. It's, it's kind of like... <laughs> so you feel a bit like that. Um, <laughs> it's not like I'm wearing black a lot, but I guess because of the horror and movie stuff, I tend to be in something slinky and eveningy, I guess. Uh, and pantomime tends to be the colourful side of stuff, but the pride things is kind of a meet between the two. The weird bit about this pride um, photo shoot was... I feel like I, I kind of foreshadowed it in my head because I, when I had the first meeting for it, I was on my way to talk about it only about a week ago. And I th I, I presumed it was going to be a load of a gaggle of of queens. Um, and But I thought it was just me having the meeting. And in the meeting, I thought I was going to have to maybe suggest other people. People usually ask my advice because they think I know loads. And I kind of do now. But I never used to know a lot of, a lot of the drag queen scene, but I do now. And the image I had in my head was of Candy Heels, who's this hilarious, mad as a box of frogs, <laughs> drag queen who I love from Hungary. Uh, but she's, you know, with curly hair. I had this image of us two sipping tea. I think maybe because she's quite anarchic, I thought it'd be quite funny, us two, like, sitting. And who's there in the meeting but Candy? So I'd kind Aww. of, like foreseen this image of us two together and that's what it was very odd I mean I, there's a lot of things I wish I could <laughs> foresee and uh, foreshadow and make happen but I'm glad if I have that power in the universe it's for candy heels <laughs> well no look there's a lot to be said for visualizing look a lot of times mm. I think sometimes we just we have an idea and we go oh that's cool and then it, it happens Mm. And is it like chicken or egg, right? Did you think mm. of that and then did it happen? Or did was it going to happen and, and you just caught it? I really believe the more clearly we can see things that we want to have happen mm. or that... I mean, that's what they say, right? Visualization, you got to see yeah. it to be it. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little you, cheesy. I sound a little... No, <laughs> but it's do, true. Do you remember yeah. anywhere... It, it, actually, this is a nice little uh, question, isn't it? Uh, uh, with 
do you feel like you've ever had really bad deja vu or do you feel like you've ever foreseen something that's going to happen mine are always quite little things i remember there's a film called empire under the sun which is a uh, which is a second world war uh film and i forgot his name uh, christian bale as a child playing the child lead in it yeah. and i remember going to see the film at the cinema and literally in the last 10 minutes the we're after the war the, the children are evacuated to this big uh like greenhouse type building uh which is and you see a a, a, a um aerial shot and it's like a it's like a cross i don't know what it is but anyway and the weird bit was i had dreamt that two nights before seeing the film and of course i wouldn't have seen it on any documentaries and i think because it's the last it's the last reveal why would you have that shot in any documentary and i just remember standing up in the cinema going with shock going <laughs> my father had to go, 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 sit down why are you standing up because it was literally i had visualized that two days beforehand isn't that strange such an of all, of all things to visualize a movie <laughs> for me <laughs> predict a movie uh isn't that very on brand isn't it? yes that's an example do you can you think of anything where you've had a full-on deja vu yeah like i've had a couple of instances where i have uh, envision myself having a conversation with somebody about something mm -hmm. and then like within that week I will find myself in the situation having that conversation with that person um, so again it's like am I foreseeing what's going to happen or am I creating what's going to happen but you know there's so many books out there about you know uh, having a clear view of what you want. I, they say successful people, right? People who, who make it, you know, in whatever their, their businesses are. Uh, they, they see, they believe it, they see it, yeah. they envision, they picture themselves in the office doing the thing or on the stage performing the, you know, or receiving the award. It's like the more clearly you can see it. So I believe that, I mean, you can call me hokey. I mean, I understand if people are like, yeah. come on now, Smith, get it together. But I really believe you know, that's that's the key. People who believe they're going to achieve, it's because they see it in their brain. And I think mm. all of us have that ability, but it's like like we're saying, we now and again, we only get snippets of it, right? We only get mm. little little snippets of that of that yeah. ability. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting, I, I do. Isn't it? I believe it. Yeah. I kind yeah. of do. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I think because that's just happened this week. Oh, Is it just a randomization in your brain that you're thinking we have... So, lots of other thoughts and then when it comes true it obviously makes it feel like you've seen it in in the future but some of the ones I had are so specific that I don't think um I can't see any way around it really so there was that's the two I there's there's a lot more but I don't know what it is um I don't know what it is um but there's a lot of things I try to uh you know visualize and it doesn't happen um there's only a few of those but the where i would kind of when i i there's only i suppose there's a couple of gigs i've always wanted to do in my in, in my career and i and they and they haven't but may and then i start going oh maybe i don't want them enough or maybe i'm not visualizing it enough I, i'm a great what, what's the is it the secret was that that's that's what that's based on yeah isn't look it? that was, was the the, the westernized westernized right. version of see it and it you you can you know but that they really focused on material things in that movie right they really focused right. on like envision the gold necklace around okay and uh, you know i'm kind of like all right we materialized a really great idea um but yeah it was the secret that was the start of it there's lots of other 
I mean, there's what the bleep? Do you know? Which is another great movie about it. There's lots of other movies about oh. it. Um, the secret oh, was very yeah yeah yeah. The, I don't it, know it, that the, one. The concept of it is. Oh yeah, it's great. What the bleep is is fascinating. If you haven't seen it, if you liked the no, secret, do what that. the bleep. It's a bit more scientific. Um, yeah, yeah, I really like it. But I, I do believe in that stuff. I really do. Um, <laughs> am I practicing it enough? Probably not, everyone, because I'm sitting in my closet right now, uh, as opposed to a multi-million-dollar recording facility. Uh, therefore, I need to focus. I need to focus and vision. I want to envision all in gold around me right now. Gold, gold sounds to No, gold. Uh, I would, I would be very happy with silver. <laughs> oh, I much prefer silver. I much, much, much Me prefer too. silver. Just because, well, we're the same colouring, aren't we? We've, we're quite pale and we've got dark, um, dark hair. So I used to have dark hair. It's not so dark now. Um, so silver goes with our skin tone more than gold does. I think gold doesn't probably probably go with our skin tone, which is why we're not drawn to it. Um, so if there's uh, any listeners who want to send send us jewelry, we want white gold <laughs> or silver is what we're going what? for, please. Nickel free, what? as I do have an Nickel. allergy, so if you could keep that in mind. <laughs> Not that I'm expecting gifts. You know what's awful? Side note, when I used to be a teacher, I used to do this all the time. So uh, I, don't, I don't know here in the UK if you give your teachers many gifts uh, at Christmas time or like on various days. But in North America slash Canada at Christmas time or, you know, special occasions, students would bring in gifts to the teachers. So always at Christmas time, I would always do this. I would give pre-talks uh, leading up to Christmas. I'd like get, and keep in mind, I was a drama teacher, so I could do stuff like this, everyone. I would be like, all right, I know you're all probably, you know, getting excited about Christmas and your number one thought on your mind right now is probably what am I going to get my teachers for Christmas? And I'm sure that, so let's just do a little brainstorm and I would get the class to brain and I would be like, I'd be like, so what do you think some teachers might like? And they'd be like, candles and I'd be like candles are a good one vanilla is a yes. really nice scent some teachers might like a vanilla candle what else would and I would literally they would brainstorm and every Christmas teachers would be like why do you get so many gifts I'd be like I have no idea I have no idea <laughs> three weeks leading up I've made them brainstorm and learn all the things that I want so <laughs> gift so now I'm doing it on a podcast uh, candles nice idea silver jewelry I mean you know <laughs> <laughs> Putting it out there, everyone. I, these, yeah. I used to give yeah. my teachers gifts. I think it must have come from my junior school. So I remember doing it at the beginning of my senior school, and that was not a done thing, I don't think, particularly. So I was a bit like, oh, this is a bit weird here. Um, but it's probably, probably when you're... How old were the kids you were teaching? They would have been, like, middle school, so, like, junior high. So what is that, like, 13 to 15? That would have been the oh, age Oh, okay. Range. Okay, that's yeah. old, that's actually older yeah. than I realised it would be for, for, for doing yeah. gifts Yeah, oh, I don't teachers, bother with little I mean. kids. Little kids are useless. Yeah, little kids don't know how to choose a good gift. They're not teaching primary. They don't know how to buy gifts. I'm going 13 and up is what I'm focusing on if I'm teaching. <laughs> they got, they got, they get an allowance and they understand sarcasm. That's what I want. That's what I want out of out of just that I teach. Well, <laughs> well, they obviously that awful? don't worry, everyone. I am no longer an educator. I am no longer an educator. Oh, I... I'm out. I bet they loved you, though. I bet they absolutely adored you. Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> this is my haul from the children. Come, children. Um, yeah. Teacher would be like, how? How do you do that? Uh, I tell them. <laughs> I directly tell them. <laughs> oh. 
Oh gosh. Well, there we go. So that's uh, we need to visualize uh, gifts from strange uh, strangers and uh, and our lovely listeners. Uh, uh, yeah, I I do think there's a difference with the um, with the with what I've called the secret or that kind of visualization. Is it's yeah. almost like when it's when it feels like it's going to happen, I feel. I, I've never really meditated or anything like that, but it, it feels like I've gone up in that fifth gear. If it's like if it's about to happen, because it, it feels probably right, doesn't it? If you're trying to make something happen, mm-hmm. the only time I think it's going to happen is when you're kind of ascended into that sort of fifth gear in your brain, which is interesting. Going, like, oh, what is that? I don't know. Kind of like a white light feeling around you, type of vibe. I don't, it's very yeah. It doesn't happen very often. It's just it's probably the actual inside telling you that you're right and it's about to happen anyway so i don't know um but we need to do it more <laughs> we do we need to work on it we need to work on definitely, it definitely. Uh, but speaking of envisioning i'll say this mm. i i would certainly not envision some of the images that i saw in the movie that we're about to talk about this no. week funny yes that's oh it's a good segue mm-hmm. i was just trying to figure out how we could segue into Thanks. i was thinking light i know and i did it yeah uh, um, so, <laughs> I love that. Well done. Master as always, masterful. Uh, so, this week's film, gentle listeners, is one of my favourites and probably one of those movies I grew up with. Uh, it's very, very late night ITV in the UK. That's the third channel after the BBC. Um, it sort of the film that would be shown on a weekend like a Friday night movie a Friday night movie about midnight that would come on uh it's and I think it's particularly evocative because and I think it speaks very much to podcasting because a lot of it is set in a radio station uh so you get um uh, it's KFB, KAB Radio Antonio Bay, and of, uh, and it's oh, so it's John Carpenter's The Fog from 1980. The uh, Fog. It, the Fog. It's so strange because I never realised until researching it a little bit more. It's not a sequel, but it's the second movie John Carpenter makes after a Halloween. Because uh, it, it also has Jamie Lee Curtis in it, so come on board, and Deborah yeah. Hill, who uh, wrote it with uh, John Carpenter, uh, and the the idea of the fog. I think he got a two picture deal for, with a with a studio after the after Halloween had filmed, not been released yet. And Halloween is such a massive success that it was. I think it's made for like three hundred thousand dollars. Obviously, this is nineteen. 19- 78 money and it made yeah. 70 million so you got a bit more money for the fog which is for a million um uh it may it wasn't a massive success it was made about 20 million but i think the fog is one of those films that's kind of just entrenched in a lot of people's psyche because it's so visual and even though you might not quite realize what's going on it's the sort of movie you can come in halfway through it's one of those movies and you you just yeah. you just take it take it for what it is it's a ghost story it involves uh the uh, town of antonio bay and apparently uh <laughs> the plot i never really understood when i was younger no look think, this is we were no. talking about this before the mm. plot is it's a little mm. confusing i'm not gonna yes, lie i was yes. a little confused go ahead and explain yes. more or less what what the plot i think is. i 
I think the trouble is they, they, they don't spend a lot of time explaining it in the movie. And there's a remake from 2005 with the oh the lovely guy from Smallville, Superman from Smallville. He It's kind of a vehicle for him. And they spend a bit more time and they, they use a lot more flashbacks to explain what it is. And that's all you really needed. Okay. And I, yeah. I now researching the film a bit more it's made me realize why <laughs> why you don't have the explanation very well because apparently the first cut of the film was a disaster and they had to go back and reshoot reshoot a lot and rescore it and recut yeah. it and i think that's possibly what's happened i think somewhere along the line in the 1980 version i think you there's not a lot of explanation of why it's happening um because you the and also because they show the, the it's a ghost story, so there's a vengeful ghosts coming back to take revenge on the town of Antonio Bay because a hundred years ago um, it was a there was a plague ship and the the townspeople instead of taking the um, the the plague victims gold uh, for them to settle on an island nearby uh, they light a force fire to draw the ship onto the rocks which is then uh, sunk and everyone's killed on board. So the ghosts of the plague victims have come back to have revenge on the townspeople. But that's it's it's literally... Because you think about it, well, hold on, if the gold's on the ship, how did they get the gold? And there's one line saying, it was recovered the next day. Um, oh, that was quick. Um, so it, I think that's the bit that gets kind of jumped over. But basically, it's, a, it's very Jaws-like in the build-up of mm -hmm. uh, the the attack. So you kind of have a small attack, a bigger attack, and then a much bigger attack. And it's that kind of structure to a movie. So it kind of reminds me of Jaws because it's a seaside town and that sort of thing. This is set at night, yes. obviously. And the and because you do go like, why is this fog, supernatural fog, with these ghosts in it appearing? <laughs> I, I, I think when I was younger, I just didn't care. I just went with the visuals. I did know until researching yes. this time that John Carpenter wrote and scored the music as well, which I was like, I didn't know he wrote music. And he does that with several of his films, and I had no idea till now, because the music is fantastic. Uh, it's an amazing cast, uh, yeah. obviously. Um, uh, uh, Adrian... Uh, uh, Barbo, who um, is who's the radio presenter, she's got the most, you know, the sexiest, huskiest voice, and she's amazing. Uh, Janet Lee from The Birds is there, who is obviously Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, mother, with Tony Curtis mm -hmm. being the father, and also the lovely uh, t uh, Tom Atkins, who's in a lot, one of my favorite movies, The Howling, and he's in, he's very, <sighs> he kind of got that seventies porn look, hasn't he? Um, uh, but. So it feels like it's such a pedigree of of artists. I I just because I've known it for so long, I kind of take it for granted a bit. So it was quite hard to look at it academically. But the exciting bit, listeners, is that Alison hasn't seen the movie before. So I'm fascinated to see what you made of it. What did you think about it, darling? Okay. Well, I have to admit, I found the storyline a little confusing. Right. Mm. It was like the fog came in and then it was like all these and I thought it was soldiers, the arms of, you know, mm. and I was like, I, I didn't understand. There wasn't a clear line about the plague and everything. Also, I laughed because in the beginning, Jamie Lee Curtis is a, is a young and here's the thing. So she was she was a young, you know, this was one of I think this was the first movie after Halloween. And actually why Jamie Lee Curtis and her mother are in it is because often when you are uh, a new 
debutante star in in the realm. After you do your first film, you actually you would think that the phone rings off the hook, but for Jamie Lee, it did not. No. And so Jamie yeah, Lee right. was expressing this mm. to John Carpenter, and so he said, "Well, uh, let's let's do this." So put her in the fog, and then her mother basically said she enjoyed um what is it she loved halloween so much not just because her daughter was in it but she said to carpenter i loved halloween so much uh that she would love to be in one of his pictures uh and if he would keep that in mind that would be great because there were so few roles for middle-aged women back then mm. it never ends everyone mm, there's ends. no use for us once we become mm. middle-aged so when i read that and i was like oh my god and she was a star at the time so so they they put them both in and i think this was jamie lee curtis's vehicle to like break the idea of the good girl because jamie yes. lee she basically is hitchhiking gets picked <laughs> up by a guy and sleeps with them immediately and then all of a sudden they have this like relationship while they're fighting the fog and the and the mm. things in the fog and i it took me a minute because I was like, oh, now they're so close. Like, I, I don't know. I hitchhike, meet a guy, bang him. And then the, she was like, I need to be with you. I want to hang out. And I, I get it. You know, there's chaos occurring. But there were just a few things that I was like, I mm. just. Uh, yeah, it it's took not me a weird. Minute to, it, yeah. It's what, I think that's a casualty of this re edit and the casualty of the reshoots, I think. Because when I when I watched it as a, as a child or not a child as a teenager, I thought that they had a past. I think that's what I I think that's the made up thing in my head, is almost like they've known each other uh, for ages, and every time she comes into town, it's like a hookup thing. But it's only rewatching it and listening to it properly, because she does that first. She gets into the car and goes like, "Are you a serial killer?" Um, uh, that you realise, oh no, you've not met before. <laughs> That's you don't yeah. know each other, unless it's some strange role play that they do. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe that's a different level on top of it. But um, to me, they vote. I I thought they'd known each other for ages, but they just hook up every time they're in town in a very casual way. Very very pre AIDS, isn't it? This storyline because um, uh, oh, yeah. it's like oh, se- yeah. late seventies, early eighties. But you're right, Alison. I think it's it's the first role after where she's playing the Virgin in Halloween. This is the first time she's kind of playing a sexual powerful woman. Um, yeah, exactly. And, this is her. I'm. Yeah. I'm a woman. Hear me roar. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so and maybe I mean, there are I liked scenes it. That I cut. found. Uh, and maybe there uh, are some possibly. scenes. Look, and I yeah, think. When you were saying it, I agree. So I, I didn't know. So when I was reading about it, when I was looking at the details, uh, obviously the film came up a little short. It was only eighty minutes. So I know mm. they had to add in more things, uh, more scenes um, to to kind of bulk it out. And so I also didn't know that they had like filmed it and then cut it up and and I think in the re-edit, yeah, there were just some like gaps because even I looked over at at Danny, we were watching it together and every so often he'd be like, I'm not really sure what's happening right now. And I was like, Mm, I know. He goes, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm. He's like, but I'm not, uh, there's just some gaps. So I was like, yep, 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 yep. So I found it to be a little... I just would have liked a bit more clear storyline, but that's yeah. just me. I like, even if it's a crazy no. storyline, that's why I, I like horror movies, you know, because they're crazy, yeah. but I like a storyline. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I felt some gaps. Um, I do feel like everyone performed really well. Like I thought they, mm. they executed the roles that they were giving excellent, you know, in a, in a wonderful fashion. I really enjoyed that. I think also, though, because I've been watching horror movies for so long, I felt it was a little slow. 
Like, I almost felt like I could have cut out the first, like, little section of the movie and then been in the the actual exciting, yeah. like, the movie. I don't know. I just felt there was such a buildup. Um, so I'm going to have to say I found this movie particularly beautiful. I loved the shots. I loved the way it was done. Um, but I just, it lost me a bit on, on the story. So mm. I was like, eh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I found. But I mean, there were so many things about this movie that were interested. The jazz. Now, I remember, so she, the woman, um, she basically, what did she say? She imitated a certain uh, radio DJ at the time. And and it was a jazz station, which at first I thought was a weird choice. Because I thought, oh, a small town, it wouldn't have been a rock and roll station. However, rock and roll music cost too much. So the only reason they made it a jazz was because the jazz was so cheap. You could buy uh, jazz for nothing. See. And so that's why she was that's and staying in. Yeah, yeah. So they went. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because in my mind, I was like, that is not the choice I would have made. Probably not theirs either. But financially, they went with jazz, um, which I thought was, was really interesting. What I liked about this, though, because here's the thing. Mm. I like a horror movie that isn't necessarily blood and gore. I don't mm. need blood and gore. And this movie is very limited on blood and gore. So had it have had a stronger, like the the story been more clear to me, I would have been in love with it because I I, I liked it. And in fact, it was supposed to be, when it first came out, it was a PG rating. Did you know that? Because it was so, there was so nothing in it. Yeah, it was very mild. And so then they, I think they upped it. They added a bit more blood, which gave it a bit more of a R rating because they did want an R rating because they thought, well, people aren't going to be interested if they think it's like PG-13 Watcher in the Woods or whatever. So so I thought that was interesting because I, I like that they didn't, it wasn't about the the, the gore. I, I just, I can't do gore. It turns my stomach. So mm. I thought that was very interesting. Um, was it, they spent, oh, also did you know they spent three million, triple the film's budget just on marketing? Yes, on a lot of I think I think they use TV marketing quite heavily for the first time. Yeah, I think it's this one. Um, yeah, yes, the the um, it was, and I remember seeing some of those adverts as well because it's John Carpenter's The Fog type of um, yeah uh, trailers and things. And again, the imagery from it is so evocative, isn't it? That you kind of and I think sometimes and I agree with what you're saying about the plot completely. I think I've I think this time round I was a bit like, oh gosh, I didn't realise why is that so jumpy. Um, <laughs> you can see and now because I've watched it, I, I've decided to get the I don't know if you can see it the the Blu-ray behind me if you're watching on um on YouTube or or, or our Patreon um, is. I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to do. There's a new Blu-ray out. I'm going to get that, and it's got some lovely extras on there. So I hadn't realised uh, half of this is what happened. I think they did go back in and reshot. So the scenes where the three fishermen are attacked, which is absolutely, <clears throat> I will give the film its due. It does have a lot of great jump scares. Sometimes fake out jump scares, sometimes real ones. Uh, and yep. I. I think you're right about the first section of the movie, um, which is why I think they also added the uh, completely weirdly unnecessarily just off the titles, uh, all the lights in the cars and the, the, the petrol um, uh, pump device falls onto the floor and everything goes crazy at the local supermarket to kind of start upping the, the drama because otherwise nothing really happened for yeah. ages in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. horror wise and then the first attack is on those three fishermen on, and that's I, I don't know if that was 
maybe originally it was just either they found the bodies perhaps you didn't see it happening so that is quite that's not violent but it is uh that's quite uh shocking there's a lot of uh jump scares and the score suddenly surges whenever obviously something happens and it still makes me jump it's almost go oh my god i didn't realize it was happening um yes it's it does feel like I suppose because it was always been shown on ITV, I, I, I sometimes used to wonder if it's maybe been edited for TV. Turns out it hadn't been. It wasn't edited for TV. It's just how the <laughs> film came out. So I, I used to think, oh, maybe there's a longer cut of this somewhere. No, there isn't. Um, I think there are deleted scenes, but they're probably from the original version rather than the the, the new, the final product that went out. Uh, but they did aggressively, because Halloween had been such a big hit, uh, they really Huge. pumped this up because this was, you know, he obviously did the he did the thing as well, but that's not with that's with different people, I think. And he does Escape from New York and L.A. I think with the same uh, with Deborah Hill as well. Um, so I, I I think these I kind of forget that they're all by John Carpenter. I don't know why, yeah. but I, I, I yeah. never kind of associate them all together until lately. And I've gone, oh gosh, I'd never think of all this being John Carpenter, and it, and it is. Uh, it's, it feels very late 70s to me than 80s. I think if it had been another couple of years later, yeah. it probably would have been a, a different movie. It feels much yeah. more. And I do love that late 70s vibe, I have to say, that kind of, kind of quite slow, moody and atmospheric kind of films. I'm quite a fan of that. And I'm I'm loving at the moment a lot of films and TV shows are going back and kind of delving into that vibe where it's it, it just looks beautiful and it's just the, the tension builds slowly. And I, and I quite like that. Um, but yes, definitely patchy. It's great to see Janet Lee back on the screen, though, I think. I've forgotten how oh, that's yeah. just, you know. I don't know how old she is in this. She's probably only about like fifty-two, isn't she? <laughs> Something ridiculous. Um, well, she's that middle-aged, so I guess forty, maybe forty, maybe, maybe late thirties, forty-ish. I would, yeah. you know. So middle-aged, what's that? That's forties. That's forties, isn't it? Yes, uh, yes, I guess so. It's, it's. I was yeah. talking yesterday about how uh, it's quite so shocking nowadays that Rue McClanahan, who plays Blanche in the Golden Girls, is fifty when she starts the Golden Girls. And the Golden Girls is made out to be like the little old ladies living, you know, in retirement almost. Um, yeah, and yeah. And life is, life is over and like she's 50. Um, the difference there is that is post Joan Collins in Dynasty as opposed to like Janet Lee in, um, in this is pre Joan Collins in Dynasty. So yeah. that is such a seismic change in, in female casting after that did it did it have a lasting effect yeah. probably not but it certainly helped for a long time for a lot of actresses like Joan Collins like Stephanie Beecham like Kate O'Mara uh, with their careers I think in, in slightly you know later life so it, yeah it's very interesting such a great uh, it just looks incredible um, I wish I'd seen it at the cinema I would love to see this at the Me cinema too. on the big screen. Me too. I would have rather mm. seen it big screen. Because even when you said, take a look, you're like, try to see it on as big a screen as possible. Yeah. I would have loved to have been in a dark movie theater, mm. big screen, sound really coming at me. I think that would have added something to it as well. Mm. Yes. Um, also, like you said, I like that... I, I don't know how to describe it correctly, but in the 70s, a slightly graininess to the film. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, there was yes. like... it's it's. I like the spookiness of that sort of... 70s even the conjuring yes. had a bit of that graininess in the filming i found which is yes, a very the, authentic 70s vibe yeah 
Yes, you're right. The Conjuring is a really good example of that. And we were talking about uh, <clears throat> American Horror Story, a double feature, but when the first half of the double feature where they're in, not Portland, where is it? Um, where everyone goes to holly, holly, holiday from New York um, uh, out in the... Uh, where, where, where that Long Island, that kind of way. But in winter, it's quite desolate. Yeah. Um, and... It's got very much that vibe. It's quite Euro. I guess it's European vibe. European yes. horror yeah. has in the seventies has that vibe, and it's a certain desolation yeah. to it. I think 30, uh, 30 days of night had what we were talking about it last week. Uh, that has that kind of, in the establishing shots of thirty days of night at the yeah. beginning. I was like, oh, this really feels like the thing. This really feels like, uh, and I, I went, yes. oh, it's because it's because it's that kind of movie I guess that kind of style of movie which I love I absolutely yep. love that kind of thing and I'm really appreciating a lot of references to it in various TV shows and films and things so uh, it's also probably because you don't need uh, extras you can just have these <laughs> it's probably because it's been done cheaply hasn't it it's probably because it, if you if you film a hotel on, on a in an empty holiday resort in winter it's going to look moody because no one's there and also you don't have to pay anybody <laughs> yeah real cheap real cheap um, did you know? The, do you know what the inspiration of the fog is? Do you know where Carpenter got the inspiration for the fog? Yes, but uh, so I think it comes from him and Deborah Hill having a, in being in London. I think wasn't it? And they were. Yeah. I, I don't know why they were in London, but they were. There was. I think it was a foggy day in London town, as the song says. And I, they were. They were sort of trying to imagine what would be in the what would be in that fog and that's where these the story spirals from uh, I, th I think probably from an idea of Deborah Hills going like well I think it's vengeful ghosts and they're going to come out of the fog and then, yes. you know, kind of yeah but I, I never realized that was a real thing until I read it I saw an interview I was like wow that's amazing I just kind of it's based on a vaguely true story but not the ghost side so much but apparently there was in I think it's in California I think of like a uh, a ship coming into a town that was laden with gold and so they lit the fire to draw them onto the rocks to steal the gold so that part is based on true life uh, not the vengeful wow. ghosts <laughs> that we know that we know of know of yes <laughs> um, so, they yeah, said speak. particularly too they went on a trip to Stonehenge and it was a trip oh, to oh no Stonehenge, I didn't know that there. and it was no. a yeah, and it was a real foggy day, and that's when they Ooh. really started to go like, there's something in this idea, the idea of the fog, um, which I think, I mean, if we cut to many years later, if you saw, was it The Mist? Did you the see mist. The Mist? I was going to say The Mist, yes. I love The Mist. Oh, I love The Mist. It, I it, loved I think... The Mist. Now, oh. but I don't want to judge Perfect. The Fog. The Fog is great, but I feel like The Mist executed for me a little bit more of... Mm. I don't know. It was a bit more clear, even though we didn't know exactly what was in the fog or the mist. Mm. I, the mist just got me a little bit, yes. a little bit quicker. They had a bit more through storyline, but I think that was inspired from the fog, which was the very yes. first of them all. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will yeah, say he, about uh, the things like like the mist and the remake of the fog is like the good thing about the original fog is the practical effects rather than this i think when it comes to fog cgi cgi fog is never as effective uh because you're Ooh. very aware it, it never seems to move quite in the right way it never kind of um so i i prefer by all means heighten it with other things but I, pref I prefer yeah. practical effects when it comes to smoke machines because there's just something you just can't fake that very easily 
Um, no, no. It just looks it looks fake. It looks yeah. a fake when you yeah. try and do it that way. Um, also, did you know when they released some of the theaters, when they released The Fog, they actually sent out fog machines to some of the theaters to <laughs> no, actually have fog. Yeah, which I thought, oh, that's oh, I great. Love, I want to see the What a great fog. idea. Yeah. yeah. One of the, yeah. one of the um, I forget, a little London dungeon story here. There was once, when I was working, this is 20, 25 years ago now, but I, there was one section where you used to get off the boat. This is the old London Bridge version before it moved. You would get off the boat ride in, in the middle of a building. Um, and you'd get <laughs> off the boat ride and you'd go into the Jack the Ripper section. And the first section was this kind of key side kind of dock sort of warehouse set quite quite a big room like a holding area before you went through originally it would have been a push button show which would be projection and then it evolved with actors doing the show so it was kind of an introduction to well welcome to 1888 but it had a (laughs) it had a fog machine in there and i would love nothing more than filling that room with dense dry ice a load of uh, exchange students, you know, foreign students coming in, and you know you could just come at them in the, in the park, and they would scream and literally run. They would love it as well, obviously, but they'd be screaming, yeah. laughing. There wasn't like you know, well, maybe a few traumatized, maybe a few therapists had to be put in place afterwards. I don't know things you couldn't do uh-huh. now. Health and safety, let alone like you know, the, but the, back in those days, you could terrify tourists quite easily, and they would obviously love it because that's what they came for, really. Because uh, the the dungeon is actually quite historically reenactmenty, really not jumpy scary, you know, as as just jump scare. Um, but so when you did these big jump scares, it would be even more delicious. But I was always imagining the film The Fog when I was doing. It. Yeah. <laughs> I so just <laughs> the evil. Yes. I have uh, two other interesting things that I found out about this movie when I was doing research. Okay, a lot of the scenes where we see the um, the ghost arm, right? Mm. The uh, the arms yes. that come through. A lot of them were the same guy. They used mainly the same guy yes. for a lot for yes. the arm shots. So multiple, mm. you know, they would take shots. And then also, this was the first time John Carpenter. Um, well, he was he was in the film. Uh, and he was so displeased with his own performance in the film that he never went on camera again. Uh, <laughs> Did you know oh. that? John Carpenter, I mean, yeah. No, he was it? in it. I, I think Debbie yeah. Hill's in it as well. I can't believe... I think she's in the... She's in one of the scenes... This is because as more backstage footage, and I've never seen any outtakes from the fog until watching some of the extras on the yeah. Blu-ray. And the, funny you should say about the guy with the arm because you're interviewing him, and then you see him with his arm through the church window, and then the camera and it pulls his arm out, and he waves. And I, oh my goodness, you've just dist- that's like seeing someone inside operating jaws. I feel like I've just seen Mickey Mouse's head. Yeah, come because the the ghosts in the fog, I have to say, scare the bejesus out of me mainly because they're almost like just shadow figures. They're just black. One guy's got uh, two red eyes, which I think literally is just like almost like a blindfold with two red eyes painted on it. That that stuff that reflects on camera, you know, it reflects yes. on camera. It's that stuff, but with red, I guess. Um, but it's so simple, but absolutely spooky. I don't know how they've got those weapons because some of them maybe are soldiers. When you when you said about this, because one's got a cutlass, one's got like a, a scythe. One's got something a yeah. hook. Uh, I think I, I I guess that's just depending what they've picked up on the ship. But that's never explained, is it? That's never like 
they just have these weapons. Um, That's the other thing. Film... You're looking at the weapons and going, "What's the symbolance? Why? Why these? What, yeah. we- like it just? Yeah. 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 I, th- I think maybe they because I think they is it? A, oh gosh, I forgot the head, the head of the uh, plague victims and the head ghost. I think probably is a soldier. I think or maybe it's like a captain, something or a colonel or something. Yeah. So maybe he is. Um, he's a rich man, which is why he has the gold, and he's kind of brought everyone together to kind of, you know, lead them to salvation or something. And then, of course, they're betrayed. Um, there's a similar film uh, around this time, which I keep on meaning to go back to, called Ghost Story. And it's got quite a big pedigree of like famous male actors in it and a wonderful young actress. Who, her name's just gone out of my head, but she plays the Borg Queen in Star Trek. Um, so she's very sort of Shakespearean actress. She's in loads of different films, but um, and I, I think we, I think I might suggest us doing that at some point because it's that's a similar vibe. I think that's got much better story, but it's vengeful ghost time basically. So very similar sort of thing, but yeah, it's it's uh, her coming back to take revenge. And scary as hell. Well, it was the scariest hell when I saw it in the 80s. I don't know what... Be interested to see what it's like now. I think it would stand up pretty well, though. I'd be, okay, I might I might suggest that for the Horror Motel at some point. We should probably do that, yeah, then, to yes. take a look. I like the idea of taking a peek back on old movies that used to terrify us and being like, yeah. what do we think of it now? Yeah, yeah. it's very much... It's. I think there's a, there's a documentary series called Into Darkness, I think, which I've... So they're in the fourth volume now, uh, where it's, main, it's 80s horror they're doing. Um, I think it started okay. before the pandemic and it's just, you know, it's interviewing every, you know, a, a, a glitterati of horror, uh, you know, horror hosts or horror writers or horror actors. And, but they're talking about 80s horror a lot. And I think that both those, both this film, The Fog and The Ghost Story, are, are both featured on it. Uh, so, Alison, in the horror motel, where do you think you would put The Fog? Well, I was really thinking about this and I was like, okay, well, where would I check it in? I was like, upstairs in the attic so they could have a clear view of things. Maybe out in the conservatory so they could see. And mm. then and then I realized it doesn't matter where the hell I put the fog because the fog is going to go wherever the fog wants to go, everyone. So I could designate a room to the fog, but the fog is just going to go wherever it wants to go. So I have to say, I got to give the fog just free reign. You go where you want. You visit with whatever horror movies you want because it will not listen to me. It will not listen to It is a fog. So I would love to check it into a room, but you know what? I have no control. So, Fog, you are welcome to the hotel. You float through. You do whatever you want. Make friends with whoever. Uh, but I have no control of the Fog. So the Fog can stay wherever the hell it wants. That's what I've decided with the Fog. <laughs> There's no controlling of the Fog. No, that Thank is you. true. That is brilliant. Yep. So if you I can make in... suggestions. I think you'd enjoy this one, Fog, but it's going to bloody well go wherever the hell it wants to go. So you're welcome. Enjoy all aspects of the hotel, Fog. Go where you want. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's so yeah. true. So if you yeah. do, gentleness, if you check into the horror motel and you might be, you might be in the canteen, you, you might be in reception, you might be in the shower. Who knows? Because the fog will find you eventually. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you. That's Thank amazing. you. Yeah. 
Well, round of applause for that. Round of applause for that. That's amazing. Thank oh, you. Yeah, gosh. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so glad I got to uh, bring to the table something I, I... Well, I still love it. I still love it. It has its flaws. Yeah. And I think perhaps... I Perhaps I, I hadn't realised at the time that it uh, it wasn't as a bigger box office hit as I presumed, perhaps, compared to things like Halloween. But it's grown in appreciation. Obviously, there's been a there's been a remake since, uh, probably for the very good reason of, you know, I think originally the remake was okayed by John Carpenter because he wanted to say, "Oh, have another go and make sure it makes sense this time," and it kind of does uh, expand on the ideas that are kind of missing from the first one. But it's I think unfortunately that remake is at like three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so I don't, it's not very well. Oh yeah, I've never seen it. Part of me was tempted. No. I was like, well, if I yeah. watch it, you know, I'll watch no, it. No, I'm compare. Uh, weirdly, that yeah. one I did have on DVD already. I think the Fog is something I you know I probably owned for a long time on like VHS or old DVD, which is why I brought the new Blu-ray to go. Like, oh, you know, my, you know, that time I actually got a, a nice copy of it. Uh, but I have got the weirdly, I've got the remake of the Fog on like. DVD from back in the day. So, but I'm gonna go and yeah, I'm gonna rewatch that just to see what the difference is, really, yeah. because it's it's. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I didn't dislike it at the time. I thought no. it was okay in that mid noughties kind of era of horror, uh, where it was. A little, I think you know post the scream era and pre the torture porn era, it was a bit of a no man's land in the mid noughties. So. Um, uh, but considering yeah. like 28 Days Later had just come out and reinvented zombie movies, The Fog looks a bit pedestrian and mainstream, you know, retreading um, in a very lukewarm way. I think compared to the, that new wave that's just about to come in and be quite visceral. It's not edgy. <laughs> it's not edgy in any shape or form, yeah. the remake of The Fog. It's a no. bit like... But in retrospect, because of The Mist has come out... and. Uh, did you ever see the TV version of The Mist? There's a TV series of The Mist that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, but I feel like I did watch a couple mm. episodes. It's but fun. I, I remember, yeah, was it good? It's fun. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was fun. I, I loved yeah. the movie. I loved yeah. the movie. Yeah. Mist. It's yeah. very, you know, it's it's like a, you know, it's just like a completely different characters and kind of different situation, but it's similar. It's Yeah, it's because obviously it's going to be a series. It's good. It reminds me of Under the Dome, one of those high concept things where it's like, so Under the Dome was the, uh, a force field dome appears over a town and then they've got to figure out why. And I, I suppose Lost has a lot to, as in the TV show Lost, has a lot to answer for there because they're all kind of like, so high concept, does it always pay off? No. <laughs> and that's why the, yeah. the Miss the, the TV show got cancelled after one season. But it was just a shame because you go, oh, you kind of like, oh, you kind of need to know what's going to happen. But anyway. So, darlings, uh, don't forget you can find us on Patreon as well if you would like to see the videos of myself and the glorious goddess that is Alison June Smith. Uh, and until next time, it's goodbye from Bunny Galore. And goodbye from me, Alison June Smith.